Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got in trouble. (laughs) They wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... (laughs) Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm. And find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at ChinwagPod or on Twitter at Chinwag underscore pod. 
r slash is a hilarious podcast where dabney bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest reddit posts he reenacts various reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets petty revenge relationships and much more so if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh check out r slash wherever you get your podcasts Current is a mobile bank with a Visa debit card that gets you paid up to two days faster and gives you free overdraft up to $100 with no hidden fees. So if you normally get paid on a Friday, when you switch your direct deposit to Current, you'll get paid on Wednesday, two days faster. Current gives you free overdraft up to $100 with overdrive. So if you spend over your balance, you won't get declined or charge any fees. You can use over 55,000 free ATMs with Current and deposit checks with the camera on your phone it has perks like instantly refunding the holds at gas stations put on your card so you don't need to wait days just to get your own money back from the pump current is a real bank account not a prepaid card so it works with apple pay google pay cash app venmo all that stuff you can even instantly send money for free using your current tag current notifies you when you spend and lets you pause your card instantly in the app even if you're under 18 you can still get an account with current it only takes two minutes to sign up and your current card will be shipped to you for free download current now get a current black premium card when you go to current.com and enter the promo code bomb that's b-o-m promo code bomb b-o-m at current.com kind of a chubby sedacus huh (laughs) baby fat sedacus right there why? Why am I boy? <laughs> oh my God! It's, he's once again. My only complaint—we'll get into it a little bit—but uh, my only real complaint about Sudeikis in this movie, I feel like he's unleashed. This wasn't horrible boss Sudeikis, you know? No, definitely not. It's yeah, like Hot Rod it, McBride. No, 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 no. Well, if Sudeikis had played Coakley. Mm, no, yes, that's hold, hold on, no, no. I'm going to push back on you guys here. Of I course, you're right. Your pick. You're right. He's not horrible bosses level, but he is still like that's not like it's not uh, Hot Rod McBride. Like McBride wasn't anything in Hot Rod. Why the fuck is Hot Rod? Co- God damn it! Leave Hot Rod out of this. <laughs> it's like you guys just circle back to the to the gravestone <laughs> once a oh, month. I'm just trying to make connection points. I'm just doing touch points yeah. for the audience, you know, for, yeah, for our diehards. Leave a new flower on the hot rod grave. For our, what are they called? <laughs> Cinephobiacs? Yes. Yeah, Cinephobiacs. That's all we're doing. What is that awful noise? Drinking <laughs> oh, water? on the line? What, is, what was that? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Too soon? Too much? <laughs> Your picks have been horrible, man. That's the point. That's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfuckers. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was a- 
I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over. podcast we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love i'm zach harper that's amino hassan that's anthony mays this week on cinephobe we watch the 2011 comedy hall pass hall pass starring owen wilson and jason sudeikis oh what a duo owen wilson was coming off of uh, little fockers which i just found out exists when i started doing the research for this i didn't know little fockers existed oh come on man. i knew that the first that... two yeah man he had kids and that's what straight to dvd was. No, that was a big movie, man. It was a big movie? Yeah, it was a big movie. He did a lot of movies that year in 2011. He had Hall Pass. He'd just done Little Fockers. He had Midnight in Paris. He had Cars 2, and he had The Big Year. Pretty good slate. That's before he had his his breakdown, right? I believe so, right? When was his breakdown? Like 2013, 2014, something like that? It was around that time. It wasn't that long after all this. Isn't Midnight in Paris the last acceptable Woody Allen movie? Yes, I think so. Before we canceled him? Baby Fat Sudeikis was coming off a movie <laughs> called Go in the Distance, and of course he was a part of 30 Rock. Uh, in 2011, he had a movie called A Good Old Fashioned Orgy coming out, and then that year, that's when we started unleashing him. That's when Horrible Bosses came out. I mean, the original. Nice. Yeah. We also get Jenna Fisher and Christina Applegate in this movie. Oh, uh, I love Je- Christina Applegate. Oh, she's, oh man. I've had a crush on her since Married with Children, dude. Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Jenna was still part of the office then, and Christina was also in Going the Distance with Sudeikis. Man, what a what a cast in this one. Stephen Merchant, you may know from yeah. the, the UK oh. office, right? Created it with Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yes. That guy's that guy's got to have money at this point. Oh, right? he absolutely does. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's so funny. Stephen Merchant, Richard Jenkins, love him. Who is an Academy Award winner for the fucking fish sex movie, right? <laughs> what? He got it for that? Didn't he win the Academy Award for Shape of Water? No. Look I that think, up. I There's think he no might be one. right. I think he what? might be right. I'm willing to be wrong on this. Alyssa Milano, all-timer. Just a very small but big parts. Hey. Alexandra Daddario, who, man. Oh, my God, Jeez. man. My third and fourth favorite parts of True Detective <laughs> Season 1, after the long take drug scene. And Matthew McConaughey's performance. Yeah. Lord have mercy. I'm a big, big fan of San Andreas. She's great in that. Just fantastic. Looks just like the, her father, The Rock. Well, you know what? Mixed with Carla Gugino. Yeah, if you took Carla Gugino in the hottest parts of The Rock, I could see it. <laughs> True. JB Smoove is in this one. Man. That guy who looks like a wannabe Chris Farley. The human pig. He looks like his name's Hoghead. His name's Hoghead. Right, exactly. <laughs> Derek Waters, who's the uh, creator yeah. of Drunk History. Yes. He's great. Derek Waters. Yeah, he's, he's awesome in this movie. Yeah. Hall Pass, directed and written by the Fairley Brothers. This is another Oops. Fairley Brothers movie for us. 
Which is funny because I didn't pick up on that until this time when I'm watching. And I'm like, Rhode Island? Why are they in Rhode Island? I was like, oh, this has to be a Fairly Brothers movie. Because it's them and like Seth MacFarlane, the only two people who set every damn thing in, in Rhode Island. Right. <laughs> We've got Kevin Barnett with the screenplay credit. I mean, he wrote the screenplay for The Heartbreak Kid. Oh, lovely. I think Amin has a type. Yeah, also did two episodes of Righteous Gemstones as a writer. Nice. Oh. I do have a type. Funny. Oh, wow. oh funny. <laughs> you should try it sometime. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes. Also, Pete Jones gets a screenplay credit. He'd done something called If Dad Only Knew. Synopsis for Hall Pass. Rick and Fred, two husbands who are having difficulty in their marriages, are given a hall pass by their wives for one week. They can do whatever they want. I can see why like it doesn't like engage people. Because I remember when it came out, I, I saw it, and I thought it was hilarious. And then no one else saw it. I'm like, really? You guys you didn't give it a chance? Or, no, it kind of looks stupid. I think I saw it, I want to say like three years after it came out. I definitely didn't see it when it came out. I think I saw it on like HBO or something when it came out. And I didn't even see the whole thing. I think I came in when it was like, I don't know, 20 minutes in or something like that. And I knew what it was about. But turned it on, I was like, yo, this is hilarious. I loved it the first time I saw it. Tagline for this, good for one week off marriage. All right. Yes. Straightforward, but not. One week, no rules. Again, that's not, it doesn't do it justice. So not critically acclaimed, but I mean, this thing was a hit. $36 million estimated budget, gross $45 million in the U.S. and $86 million worldwide. Yeah, a boy. Yeah, I'm kind of happy to know the, the the global audience saw something in this. Yeah, even if the domestic audience was kind of well, you know, the whole world isn't a Puritan culture. You know, <laughs> they probably got into it. Before yeah. we jump into the rest of this movie, Hall Pass can be found on HBO Go. Rotten Tomatoes score: Hall Pass receives a 33 percent from the critics on 176 Jeez. reviews. But, I mean, this is the confusing part. All right, I can see the critics not liking this, right? That comedies are pretty tough for critics to love all the way around. But the right. audience, 58,000 ratings, 40% from the audience. They're sheep. They don't know any better. You want the positive <laughs> or the negative reviews? Oh, you know I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy, so give me the positive. Michael Compton <laughs> of Bowling Green Daily News. This is far from a perfect comedy, but is... One that is just good enough. Fairly fans should be pleased, and anyone else looking for a few laughs will be pleasantly surprised. I, I would say that is a conservative positive, yes. It's accurate, but it's a little, little too much on the skimping on the praise there. Benjo Kaladi of We Got This Covered. <laughs> Benjo Kaladi. <laughs> Was he in Gotti? Was he- <laughs> I think he's an extra in Gotti. Hall Pass features a hilarious cast in a film that is consistently funny and very entertaining. The laughs rarely stop in this one. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Dan Gear from Movie Decks. There were some scenes early in the film where I couldn't catch every second joke because the audience was laughing so hard. Yes. By the way, his website is what? Movie Decks, like Movie Index. Decks. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Decks. Michael A. Smith of Movie Hole. I laughed. <laughs> I laugh from beginning to end. A comedy classic. Wait a second. <laughs> and his name is Michael A. Smith. Michael A. Smith. All right. Relax, guy. Relax. How did I notice this black man? <laughs> I'm going to be like the Stephen A. Smith 
of movie reviews. I'm going to be Michael E. Smith. Linda Cook of KWQC TV in Iowa. A lot of the comedy in the Fairly's newest R-rated movie, Hall Pass, is strictly visual shocks that most of the time will have you laughing after you gasp out loud. Oh, no. What movie did she watch? Did she, she watched something about Mary or something? Uh, I don't know. This movie was so so dialogue driven with the with the jokes. I can think of one scene. There's one well, scene. Yeah, I can think of, yeah, I can. I, I'm sure Linda can think of that scene too. I think Linda enjoyed that scene <laughs> in Iowa. I put this in and now I'm regretting it. So I'm just gonna spell the word that's in here so that you know what I'm trying to say. And it's a real word. The word is S N I G G E R. It's different yeah, the, from snicker. Yes. Yeah, but it's yeah. a word. It is a word. It's like snort. There's a bass man. His name is Snicker. Yeah, Brian Snicker. And I just kept, oh, like the day like he got hired or whatever. I don't know. They were talking about him on Levitar Show. I like texted Dan and said, be careful around that one. <laughs> it just, I care about you, buddy. It's really a Nick, Kurt, and Dale situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you definitely got to pause those out. Nick Dale. Lisa Giles Kettle of Real.com heavily relies on cheap stereotypes to bolster the laughs. Expect the expected, and you'll S-N-I-G-G-E-R with laughter. Okay, it's cheap stereotypes. How about you sit this one out? <laughs> Two more positives. Simon Murado of Quick Flicks. I wouldn't necessarily call it a return to form, but after the heartbreak kid, they could have simply aimed the camera at the end result of Hall Pass's most scatological sequence, and it would be considered an improvement. Oh, fuck you. Heartbreak kid was amazing. That's what I thought, too. And then Michael A. Smith of Nolan's Pop Culture Review. That's right. This motherfucker had two reviews. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh from beginning to end, and to me, that's a sign of a comedy classic. Just to remind you, the previous one, he said, I laugh from beginning to end, a comedy classic. We got this guy juicing the numbers and we're still at 33%. (laughs) I'm just glad we found the name that Amin writes movie reviews under. (laughs) (laughs) The negative reviews, William Goss of Film.com. The joke is supposed to be that it's sad to see these guys so desperate for a lay, but in truth, it's even sadder to see the brothers this desperate for a laugh. David Denby of The New Yorker, another chapter Ugh. in the endless saga of American male infantilism. Oh, uh, infantilism. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm with The New Yorker. And I, oh, American male. Shut up. Shut up. That guy must be a joy at parties, huh? <laughs> oh, American infantilism. Oh, what are you going to do? Imbibe some alcohol? Shut up. Adam Lee Davies of Little White Lies leaves very little beyond a bitter aftertaste. Oh, the fuck <laughs> you're supposed to watch the movie um, yeah, you're about to, go to watch it man. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone everything feels forced nothing kills laughter faster than trying too hard he writes from uh, Rolling yeah. Stone just uh, so you know sorry for, exactly yeah. Yeah. thank you Anne Hornaday of Washington Post haphazardly conceived phlegmatically paced lazily filmed and punctuated with gratuitous moments of sexual and scatological slapstick 
Again, I don't think the slapstick was that high in this I movie. I didn't either. Huh? That's confusing because there are a there, lot of reviews that say that. Several scenes, obviously, that are like, just okay, a girl shit on a wall. They, that's slapstick, right. but that's it. Yes. Is this just a fairly biased? I think so. I'd call it an unfairly biased. The scenes that do that recall the other ones that they do because they are good for at least one to five a movie. A moment of silence for Zach's joke. That was a good joke. No, it wasn't. Unfairly biased. You have to repeat it. Unfairly biased. We heard it. We heard it. Mace is right. That is like their signature. That is like Alfred Hitchcock showing up in his movies. Their thing is like, we're going to have at least a couple of scenes that are just over the top visually. For instance, something about Mary, me, myself, and Irene, those were like really high on the visual gags. As opposed to Heartbreak Kid and this one, I think they had more dialogue driven and then like the perfect balance was dumb and dumber right visual gags but the verbal jokes were were tremendous one more elizabeth weltzman of new york daily news ever catch yourself thinking man i wish beer commercials lasted just 104 minutes longer shut up what for the daily news i mean what is your first note because the opening scene is owen wilson talking to his children and they're asking, like, oh, like, you see the that athletic guy? That was your dad or whatever. And they're like, who's that chick next to you? Like, this is what parenthood is like, man. Is your kids pointing out your mortality, pretty much? <laughs> That's parenthood? Parenthood is yeah. your kids pointing out your yeah. mortality? Pretty much. Put that on a little, little a uh, graphic there, yeah. Throw that on Instagram. <laughs> Owen Wilson is opening this movie by showing his kid pictures of the good old days when he was in great shape. The photos are just unbelievably photoshopped. Yeah. Like they the didn't even try. Yeah. The whole movie has. I, I can't remember if that's like Photoshop technology in 2011 or they're just like, ah, fuck it. Like no one cares. Yeah. I, think, I, I don't think they were trying very hard. I probably could have done a better job yeah. myself at that In time. 2011? Yeah. In yeah. 2011, definitely. There's this exchange. How come mommy doesn't wear a bikini anymore? Is it because of her fat ass? <laughs> yeah, I guess. What? No. <laughs> Jenna Fisher is his wife. She needs help with the kids so they can get ready and go out. I didn't think the scene other than the exchange with the kids was very good. It wasn't meant to like have you rolling. I just yeah. set the tone like, oh, you know, like your passion prime, da, da, da. Date night is a big deal, right? Oh, we got someone to watch the kids. We're going out on date night. They go out. And the first real laugh of the movie is... They're walking and a girl walks by and Owen Wilson turns around and checks her out very quickly and returns back and his his wife's like, I can't believe you just checked out that girl's ass right right in front of me. And so that uh gave me the question, do you ever or have you ever checked out another woman's or man's physique while you're on a date with someone? Definitely, but not in an Have you ever been caught? Way. Have you ever been caught? No, I've never been caught. Never been caught. Wow, you guys are quick with that one. I've never been I caught have, with that ever. Like I, I have, but I like I played it off very well. Is it because your eyes bugged out like a cartoon and you went yeah. ooga? Yeah, and I had a, a mallet in my pocket and pulled it out. It hit myself <laughs> on the head, and then I, I howled at the moon. And, and your tongue I, rolled out fifteen yeah. feet as a red carpet. Yeah. <laughs> in this scene, I love it. It's so subtle and so quick. But she's like, "You checked out that girl's ass." She's like, "That's rude." He goes, "What? Do you think she noticed?" Like, I noticed. (laughs) There's a lot of quick dialogue. It's not as, it's not horrible bosses level, but it's still a lot of like, there's quick stuff in there. By the way, speaking of horrible bosses too, I can't tell you how many times over the last week where I've been talking to people 
and they've like said something dumb that they've seen other people do out in public or that they know people still going out and stuff. And my response has been, do you watch the fucking news? <laughs> so to me, that was Sudeikis and Christina Applegate. That's Fred and Grace. Grace says that Fred is not a gawker at other women. <laughs> He's a good boy. He's a good and Sudeikis' boy. face at that point is just hilarious. It's just, it just has like this very kind of like nobody watches Leave It to Beaver anymore. But there was this kid called Eddie Haskell on, on Leave It to Beaver who was just like the biggest kiss up. All right, Ryan Reynolds. Is that what Ryan Reynolds does? In Six Underground. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't remember that movie at all now. <laughs> They're there for the friend Lucille who's played by Joy Behar. She's winning an award or some bullshit. Fred is admonishing Rick for looking. Rick is Owen Wilson's character. Fred is admonishing Rick for looking at a girl's ass so obviously. What is this, amateur hour? <laughs> and then it says what? It's like, hey, Quagmire, you don't wait for the girl to walk past. <laughs> He's giving tips on how you have to look early. That way she walks into your view. Rick says, yeah, you can't get in trouble for her going into your airspace. Oh, man. Great Good advice. They have this exchange where... <laughs> <laughs> I love they this exchange where, where Fred says, you know what I love about divorcees? They love sex. And Rick says, is that, is that true? true? I don't know. I like to think so. I like so. to think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Grace, who's Fred's wife, tells the women about the stupid ploy of how he looks at women, how he looks and then waits for them to walk by. I think this movie did a really good job of having the wives understand their dumbass husbands. Yeah, I th- yeah. like I do think it's definitely skewed for the men, but it's a pretty oh. decent balance. Christina Applegate has some fire lines. Uh, oh yeah, oh no. Her. Yeah. In my mind she's a comedic genius. She's great in everything she does. It's true. Comedic genius? She saves some pretty bad movies. She's got decades of work. Okay, well the dog thinks so. Yeah, he's he's a huge Applegate fan. Apple Apple, Apple. <laughs> Apple time, Apple time. Rick and Maggie get home. Alexander Daddario is their babysitter, and the kids are still awake. Rick's plan for sex will not work. He's got to drive the babysitter home to her sorority house, and she tries to get him to buy her beer. She'll be 21 next week. Quick question. Have you ever bought booze for an underage person? I might have when I was 21 and they were like, not, 19, not like 20, that. I'm but not, like, no, not with you, like a disparity. No, I don't know that I've ever been asked. I used to buy lots of alcohol when I was under 21 for other under 21 year olds. That doesn't count. But since the disparity, I have not, but my friend did get asked in Santa Cruz where we went to school and he bought the beer for someone at a CVS came out. Gave it to him and got busted by an undercover cop and got like a fat ticket. Oh wow! Wait, you just got a ticket? Those? I think it was like three hundred bucks. They're cops that are just like their whole life is like I got to stake out the CBS. Apparently, in a college town, this one was was doing it. I don't know. Damn! Real bad luck. It seems like a gross misuse of public funds but anyways i've never asked an older person to buy me yeah like that with a disparity i've never asked like i've always just yeah. always had someone who find a way to, yeah. yeah fake idea or whatever no I, I have bought tobacco products one time like a kid standing outside of a gas station for a nine-year-old no it was like the kid was like 15 16 or something shoulder tapping is a big thing though what is shoulder tapping asking a stranger to buy you alcohol there was a term for it people did it 
I know it happened, but I was never involved. It's also a very central plot theme to the movie Ma, mm. which may or may not be a future cinephobe. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is it bad? Oh, it's, I thought it was ex- extraordinarily terrible. Yeah, very watchable. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I almost watched it. I tried to get it. It's on get, HBO right now. I tried, yeah, I tried to watch it last night, and I got overruled. 55%. Oh, Damn. that's a shame. Paige, who's the babysitter, says something about going and drinking down by the river. No, no, no. You, you, you missed the... You missed the, you know, the best exchange here. Again, this is an example of the dialogue being great. He's like, you know, I can't do that. You know, you're you're underage. And she says, oh, is that your grown-up voice? Like, 20 is old enough to vote and, and watch porn in this country, but apparently it's not old enough for me to drink alcohol. It's kind of stupid. And he says, really? 20 is old enough to, um, <laughs> she says, vote? He says, the, uh, the other thing. <laughs> watch porn? Yeah. Hell, half those age, unless it's that weird fetish stuff where the women are like 40. <laughs> he says, <laughs> <laughs> and that is the home of someone who enjoys a very good uh, milf porn. <laughs> Mature is another category. Mature. <laughs> That's the category, man. So he, he fantasizes. He's right there. Sir, you're under arrest for supplying alcohol to a minor. I award you wipe the house, the cars, and half your wages. I don't want you walking me down the aisle. You're cheating on mom. I don't want you at my civil ceremony. You cheated on mom. Get out. (laughs) And then he like snaps out of it and just literally just says, get out. Get out. (laughs) He tells her why it would be inappropriate doing that alone and she says that her boyfriend and his roommates are there she know. gets out of the car and says ew what the hell were you thinking and he says okay scoot along that page <laughs> he's like okay scoot along that page <laughs> the way he dismisses her all right he gets back home maggie is still awake and their daughter is on their bed she says that he's got to read her a story she wants to stay in bed with the parents tonight and he tells Maggie, he says, this isn't just about her cock blocking me. I don't like the idea of my daughter needing someone to sleep with every night. That's not going to be good when she goes to college. It was a beautiful moment. I was writing cock blocking in my notes, and then he said it. It was great. <laughs> and then that's, what, that's what I thought to myself. Man, having a daughter would be rough. Yeah, man. He says, she's, at some point, the kid says, okay, he says, no, you absolutely. She says, can you read me a story? And he says, absolutely not. And she says, words hurt, daddy. And he says, where'd you get that expression? Words hurt. And she says, mommy, mommy, is this true? He's like, you know what my dad had? A belt. That hurt. And again, <laughs> that's parenthood. <laughs> I literally had that conversation with my kid like two days ago. Like I went ballistic over something and, and I was just like trying to dream up of the most like punishment in, in 2020. And uh, my kid was like, that's not fair. I was like, not fair. Do you know what happened to me? And I went and grabbed the belt. And I literally just like slapped it against the wall angrily. Like, that's what happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He reads her a story. By the time he gets back to his wife, she's passed out. Or is she? Turns out she's faking it, I mean. Yeah. Shame. You're faking it? Next day. Fred and Rick are at a park, and there are a lot of hot moms there. Can you believe all the talent here today? I know. I mean, look at this buffet of ass. Fred said that he snuck out to the car last night and rubbed one out. Cars turn him on because that's where he lost his virginity. And he said, nobody tells you you still jack off when you're married. 
Rick calls him Night Rider. Yeah. <laughs> Night Rider? Why can't you do it in that in the bathroom like everyone else? <laughs> As they leave the park, he's hauling these two scooters. Y'all have no idea, man. Like back in the day, I go to the park. You just go to the park, man. We just go. You run out there, yeah. you go on the playground until it's done, and then you go home. Now I gotta carry like a ball and a thing and a da 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 like a super yeah. soaker. It's just so dumb, man. <laughs> This podcast, but you might need, maybe you need to charge me one hundred fifty dollars. You want a couch right now? I am lying down. <laughs> Fred and Rick now go get coffee. Fred said he hurt his shoulder on the seventeenth hole yesterday trying to clear some water from about two fifty out, and it turns out he was playing golden tea and he just spun it too hard. Do you know the name of the bar that he played golden tea at? No. McGillicuddy's. Oh, McGillicuddy's. That's another card <laughs> yeah. cut right there. Rick is mesmerized by the hot blonde barista. The hot blonde barista is taking orders and is speaking with a very thick Australian accent. <laughs> and so then she turns around to like get something from the bottom ship to bend over. Uh, Rick is saying, please don't have a great ass. And she bends over and we, we get a shot of her ass. And I wrote down, two Americas. <laughs> yeah, that's two Americas. She don't have no ass. What are you talking about? <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, yeah, because, like, I get it. All right. Again, she's been talking with a very clearly Australian accent this whole time. And that's when Fred said, I did city cop. She's false. (laughs) Which is like, (laughs) it's like seeing fucking LeBron James and say, he's black, by the way. I did some recall. (laughs) No, he proceeds to make the kick, kick as he blinks. What are you doing? Mental photographs for my spank. Brent, the male barista played by Derek Waters, says that they need help, professional help. Their friend Ed calls them out for eye-banging the Java girl. Ed is such a well-cast douchebag. He is impossibly tan, like George Hamilton. Yes. Shout out to his sweater draped over his shoulders. Yeah, it's so Like everything about him is exactly what he's supposed to be. The look, the tan. Providence. (laughs) Exactly. We find out that next week their wives are forcing him to go check out his new casa. Which I wrote the note. I don't like when people call it a casa. Yeah. No, no. He's the quintessential dish. Now it's poker night, guys. Poker night. And uh, some guy named Coakley is in Arizona currently attending the Hawaiian Tropics Regional. I mean, do you know what that's a reference to? Dumb and Dumber? Boss at the end, right? Boss at the end. Absolutely. They're playing a hypothetical of how much they'd spend for a no consequence, do whatever you want weekend with a Hawaiian Tropic girl. And Hoghead clarifies that. She's not going to get pregnant, no disease. I'm like a genie. I can make anything happen. And Stephen Merchant's character says, not going to cry, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I like the way way he says it. Uh, The way he delivers that. Yeah, the way he delivers it's so funny. He's so good at playing a creepy guy, man. Like, just (laughs) Um, not going to cry, Ray. Gary says two fifty of your American dollars. You cheap bastard! Yeah, and then Flats, played by JB Smooth, says five grand. You cheap bastard! This is an investment. So then Maggie comes home, finds out Fred is winning, and he asks her not to tell Grace that he has disposable income. She don't want to spend it on shoe shopping or go see Kathy Griffin in concert. Right. We find out the two older kids went down with some resistance, but the baby was easy, and he's been listening on the monitor. So Maggie what? says goodnight, goes to check on the baby who's crying. 
And you can hear the poker game because the monitors were switched. And the line that reveals that you can hear everything is, hey, Genie, while you're at it, can you make my dick work? (laughs) (laughs) A thing that I liked was that they didn't try to justify why these dudes would be friends. They just put J.B. Smoove in there and a British dude. Yeah, I don't I don't need that exposition. I just say these guys are friends. And Stephen Merchant's married to a black woman. Yeah. That's a great reveal <laughs> at the end. It's like a Dirk Nowitzki situation. <laughs> but does he make some joke about like in this fantasy? It's so nice to be a girl who doesn't care about dick size or something like that. Yeah. Maggie hears them talking about what they'd spend for an erotic weekend with a hot woman. Fred says six grand. Hoghead says seventy five hundred. And Rick, not knowing his wife is listening, says, ah, he doesn't know. He has a great wife. Wouldn't want to hurt her feelings. And says, the real question is, what wouldn't he pay? This house has to be worth something. <laughs> That's why this dude is wearing the hat. <laughs> uh, Maggie tells Grace. Grace says she'd love to see the girl wake up with Fred wearing his sleep apnea mask. Actually, she said, Grace says, six grand, what a douche. He won't even spend $60 for tickets to an evening with Kathy Griffin. (laughs) Maggie wonders if it would be better if they did cheat, and Lucille, their friend, played by Joy Behar, suggests a hall pass a week off from marriage. Most married men have foggy memories of their single days. Reactance theory. If you remove the taboo, you remove the obsession. Mm. Which is what's happening right now. All over the world, with people being asked to socially isolate, and all these people will say, I'm usually a homebody, but now that I'm told to stay at home, I really want to go out. All of you nerds react to this Lucille says she gave her husband a hall pass before. All I know is our marriage is better than ever. Thank you, Joy that. Behar. Yeah. Joy Behar was perfect for this part. Not everyone agrees. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Wow. We're, okay. we're, we're at Ed's house for the big unveiling of his new Casa. In the driveway, they have a Prius and an H2 Hummer. We're trying to go green, save the planet. Speaking of cars, Fred shows off his auto-closing, fully-loaded Honda Odyssey Touring <laughs> Edition. <laughs> like, you know, it, at that point, he doesn't. We don't, he, there's no mention of what the car is. It's when they, they get out of the back. He says, oh, wait, let me show you this. And then he does the handle thing so that the door closes on its own. That's the only thing he's flaunting over there. The reason why this scene resonates so well with me is because, guys, I drive a Honda Odyssey. Hey, how about yeah. that? At that same model, man. Like the, the door and everything. Have you done that move? The, oh, no, no, don't touch it. The door closes on its own? Yeah, I have, I think. But not, not like in a showcasey kind of way. Next time you do that, you got to give me a John Travolta swordfish spin. <laughs> You should do that every time you get out of the car. (laughs) So they're just showing off all the fancy stuff in the house and the nice uh, bar and everything. There's like a a giant aquarium style fish tank behind the bar. The group breaks off to go upstairs on the tour and Fred and Rick stay behind complaining about these. Look at how much I have parties. And that's when Rick reminds Fred of when he got his Honda Odyssey. He made him drive around town for two hours. When I got my fully loaded Honda Odyssey, you didn't see me brag about it. And he says, oh, you made me drive around with you for two hours. Well, excuse me. I thought you might want to watch a movie in a minivan. Have you ever watched a movie in a minivan? No. There you have it. Yeah, but did you have to hook your boat up to it? Yeah, it's a touring edition, you dick. <laughs> the throwing in you dick is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny you'd be offended by that. 
<laughs> the group is checking out the panic room where they can observe everything. And they're spying on Rick and Fred. The room is soundproof and it's bulletproof. And Ed says that Kurt Schilling's been in there because I know him. Yeah. I mean, that didn't age well. No, yeah. <laughs> Nine years later, it is. That is a different kind of reference right Shit. there. Three years later. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it didn't take long. Rick and Fred are looking at this portrait of the family uh, with the boat and they're roasting the kid and they're roasting Ed for looking like douchebags. <laughs> Thurston Howell. Thurston Howell, yeah. Thanks for coming to the war room, old chap. By the way, did I mention that my wife's vagina never goes above 71% humidity? Um, maybe we should turn this off. Not a chance. What happens if you lose the power during a big blow and your main generator drops out? Oh, well, that's why we had the backup Jenny installed in Britney's rumpus. Here oh, we go. Good show. In the rumpus. Right inside, say. yes. And there's room in there with the stick in there. Oh, already. Uh, rotate the stick a little bit. Oh, so then it gives you a little room to get it up there. Absolutely. <laughs> you can wedge anything in that ass. <laughs> your English accent. Great. <laughs> hey, speaking of installations, what about the shiny new set of cans of Mandy Bohack? Am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Either that or she's buying her t-shirts at Baby Gap. I don't get the whole fake boob thing. What don't you get about? I like my bongos a little mileage on them, like Britney. Uh, Britney? No way. Those are like Baja miles. Oh, I like being able to get in there and just kind of smush them, swing them, hump them, stretch arms from them, just bibbity back them all around. Okay. All right. But what about the known correlation between floppy boobs and large mouth vaginas? Okay. You look down there, it's like, hey, I'm Billy Big Mouth Vagina. Home, home on the range, where the big mouth vaginas feel strange, where nothing is good, and it can't fit your wood. Keep it down. You know what I mean? Oh, relax. Come on, they can't hear us. Now, mind you, everyone's in the panic room and watching all this and hearing everything in clear audio. And <laughs> they just keep going on and on. He says, why do you drive a minivan when you don't have any kids? And he said, oh, man, I I see you have a lot to learn. I sell insurance. Who do you think they're going to trust more? Some knucklehead hotshot in a convertible Sebring? <laughs> or the family man in the minivan? And the fact that they pick convertible Sebring as like what the hotshot would drive is just, just priceless. They continue to roast pretty much everybody. They get kicked out? Very disappointed, gentlemen. Very disappointed. <laughs> Driving home, the wives are furious. Uh, hey, Fred asking. <laughs> Hey, anybody thinking chocolate chip cookie dough and a waffle cone? <laughs> Grace pulls over, yells at him, says they're obsessed with sex. And he says, obsessed is a very harsh word. She says, oh, yeah? This morning you left the computer on cockgoblin.com. <laughs> he says, I get my weather from that site. <laughs> Driving in a car with you is like being with a horny bobblehead. Baggy <laughs> says that uh, sex is meaningless to Rick. And she gives them a hall pass. Says that she can name the first time she lost her virginity, the day, the hour. He can't even name the month. He thinks when she gives him a hall pass, that means a trial separation. She explains the concept and says it's not a yes or no offer. It's not a debate. She's going to the Cape with the kids. Says he can do whatever he wants. Now we go to Rick showing a house for sale to a couple. And Fred shows up, interrupts them, and tries to sell them insurance. <laughs> he tells oh, this is Mr. and Mrs. Friedman. They just moved up here from Long Island and they're looking to buy. Oh, Mazel tov. If you guys need any insurance, auto, life, home, I'm the go-to mention town, <laughs> which is a theme, by the way, throughout the movie. Again, something I didn't notice the first hundred times I watched it is that he says all these stereotypes to everybody. Yeah, constantly. He's trying, you know, he's relating. He's a salesman. Rick says that something doesn't seem right with the hall pass. She gave me a hall pass. Yeah, right. I'm serious. 
fuck you. <laughs> I just get so serious. So it doesn't seem right. And Fred wonders if she has a brain tumor. <laughs> Rick questions the morality. And Fred says that the women get to live out their dreams every day, right? She wanted a house. You bought her a house. She wanted an easy bake oven. You got her a Viking. She wanted to be a mom. You made her a mommy with your penis. And to which Rick says, GE. What? The oven is a GE. <laughs> Fred says he gets a chance to live out his dream now. Now we cut to Fred trying reverse psychology on Grace. <laughs> you're right. Maybe this like you know new age thing is the way to go. And she says, you're not getting a hall pass. He says, why would I need a hall pass? I have you. And she says, not tonight. You don't. I'm floating. I have cramps. He says, I got you as he drums her ass. <laughs> Fred says he forgot to take out the trash. He goes to the car and starts instantly. jacking off. Instantly. 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 As soon as she says, I'm, I'm floating, I have cramps, he just, oh. <laughs> he goes into his car and starts beating off. Night Rider. Cops pull up, flash the light, everything. He's got his eyes closed. He doesn't recognize or realize it. Next thing we know, he's being arrested in front of the whole neighborhood. Uh, he goes into the house. She cusses him out. Next morning, he shows up to uh, Rick's job and says, I got a hall pass. And Rick says, what? How? I, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's going to be so much better. We got the two of us. Yes. Remember when we dominated JV basketball? Yeah. Senior year. <laughs> that was so fucking funny to me. So, so the couple games towards the end, they had a couple people in the stands. They says, yeah, we're a couple of show ponies, aren't we? Then <laughs> <laughs> he said he was going to start on the receptionist. Yeah, I'm going to go bang said, the receptionist. All right, I'm, I'm going to log out uh, and, and we can leave. All right, you log out. I'm going to go bang the receptionist. No, 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 Fred. Let's keep the office clean. Class ass. <laughs> then we get day one and the law and order chimes. It costs $200,000 to get the rights to use the law and order chimes for days one through seven title cards. Almost 30000 to pop. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's dope. I like that they used <laughs> They went that way. I love that sound effect. Oh, yeah, so no, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to Applebee's. It's nothing but old people, but they said it will pick up around 930. They got hotel rooms nearby. If your wives are out of town, why do you guys get hotel rooms? Come on, Flats. I can't bring a bunch of models back to my place. What if they start stalking me? We'll get there. We'll get there. Are you guys sure Applebee's is the best place to meet hot, horny women at? What do you think, an Olive Garden? What do you want, hot pussy or you can eat breadsticks? Where's Coakley? We need Coakley because he's Coakley's in Iceland, the home of the most beautiful women in the world. At which point, Steve Mercy just says, Mjork. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has like nine lines of his whole movie, and they all hit so hard. Flats takes him out of there, says they're going to Chili's. Fred says he needs a hunk of beef in him before they go out. They overeat and just want to go to bed. They call it the calm before the storm. Day two, <laughs> Law & Order Johns. <laughs> they're at a golf yeah. resort. Stephen Merchant brings them some pot brownies. 75 minutes later, they're, they're all super, super baked. Baked out of their minds. Eyes mind. of <laughs> Talking about shower soap <laughs> they use. What kind of soap do you use? But Sudeikis is just sitting there laughing to himself quietly. Yeah, he's just giggling. <laughs> and Log is doing sand of- angels. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> He's got back spasms. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> him. <laughs> it's Gary in the water. <laughs> He's waiting. He's waist high in the water hazard. And he says that the, the guy who sold it to him said they took way too much. You're supposed to just have a quarter of a of a brownie. 
then it says 22 minutes later, Gary's lost the golf cart. <laughs> and Hoghead goes and shits in the sand. <laughs> a group of old Asian ladies who are behind them, the foursome, they just cut ahead of them and they go. Sudeikis keeps yelling, cutter, cutter. The marshal shows up again. Sudeikis says, we're getting cut by the Joy Luck Club. <laughs> Then the marshal tracks them down. They all get on one golf cart, cut into the woods. Gary and, and Hoghead fall off, and they jump back on. They make it to the street, and that's when they stop at a crosswalk, and Tammy and Ed and the kids see them, and they just roll right through. Day yeah. three, Law & Order Chops. <laughs> We're at the Cape, and the wives yeah. are watching baseball. The babysitter's there with them. Grace is doubting the whole strategy of everything. Maggie explains she needs this because she didn't know who he was thinking about when they had sex, so she pretended to be asleep. That's when Grace laughs and says she does that all the time. I think it's our job as women that between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., we just fake everything. (laughs) Now a baseball player named Jerry introduces himself. The manager, Rick, comes over and introduces himself. So the baseball player guy also was pretty good as a baseball player in Everybody Wants Some. I don't remember that movie. I don't remember that at all. You guys haven't seen that movie? I've seen Summer Catch a lot. Yeah, well, that's a cinephobe. Really? Does it qualify? I think it was like 90%. 8%? 8 American fucking percentage points? You kidding me? Maggie's dad tells them he'll take the kids and they should go out for beers and brats with the old manager and all the baseball players. Now we're at a wing spot. What would you rather do? Make out with a guy or let him blow you? And you got to pick one or your whole family will die. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how long would you have to make out with him? 10 minutes. Tongue? Of course. And how long would you have to let him blow you? Seven minutes. Seven? It's last seven minutes. No, I mean, this is tricky because obviously getting a blowjob from a guy, you know, is bad. But I don't know. Oh, making out with him. It's just so intimate, yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's uh, What does he do for a living? Just out of interest. I am the king of these hypothetical questions. Yeah, you, you ask these a lot. I love it. My favorite one is one I can absolutely never say on recorded air. Can we boss it over real quick? <laughs> What it? Do whatever you want. Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. Price is right, me, bitch. <laughs> Call me, me. <laughs> I gotta go to jail when I'm 90? Who cares? And we're back. <laughs> I mean, what say you? Oh, you know, like, I would just have, like, one hell of a funeral for my family. <laughs> Flats and Hoghead and Gary are out because it's taking. They're going too slow. To which Hoghead says, "It's okay if you strike out, but you got to have some at bats." Good life advice, right there. Rick decides he wants out, but Fred says if they do that, if they quit on the hall pass, they lose the balance of power in their homes. I once got caught giving her fake chow, and I didn't hear the end of it for three years. Fake chow. Fake chow. What's fake chow? When you're going south on them, you don't want to use your tongue, so you just use your fingers and you smack your lips real loud. You know, fake chow. Gotcha. They go to a club, a very looks like a very happening club. There's a line outside. There's a bunch of young people in line. The bouncer stops and says, "There's an oldies bar up the block." Fred says, "Thanks for the tip, Twilight." Oh, the best says, "I can't let you guys in. If I do, I'll lose my job." Guys like you in, and that's when he gives them the fifty dollars and he lets them in. Cut to they're at a hot dog stand. Zoom out. The bouncer's right there with them. <laughs> It's just the way he says, it was my fault. I should have trusted my gut. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, you click on the movie and it says extended version. Oh, son of a bitch. So I wonder what else I missed in this. All right, well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, we'll yeah. fill us in. Then they go to Johnny's hideaway. Fred has a motorcycle helmet. Women love motorcycles. Yeah. He wrote down some pickup lines that he found online. Rick says, I think we should just be our natural selves. And Fred says, if you know how to. And then Rick says, great. And give me the helmet. <laughs> and he walks up with the helmet on his arm. <laughs> Walk up to a couple of uh, clearly Hispanic-looking women. And Fred says, hola. <laughs> The first line that he said to Rick before they went up to the women was, are you Irish? Because now that I see you, my, my penis is Dublin. No. <laughs> when they go up, you guys Irish by any chance? They say no. He goes, oh, it's so weird. My wiener is growing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then Fred explains how he fucked up the line. Cut to a pool party. Maggie is talking to the baseball manager. He doesn't have kids. She says she's been off the market for 20 years with her husband. Now we cut back to the hideaway. Fred is bombing these pickup lines. The first pickup line is the one that was used in the trailer. Uh, how much is a polar bear way? Enough to make the ice break. Hi, <laughs> Fred da-da-da, like whatever his name is. It progresses to ever do an Australian kiss. It's like a French kiss, but down and down. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite, do these bar napkins smell like chloroform? They realize, like, this is hard. So, hey, man, we, we need to drink. We're just too stiff. We got to get the creative juices flowing. It, it brings out our, our soul. It brings our soul to the surface. Cut to them. Rick is passed out. Fred is completely hammered, yelling at a, at a table full of women. How dare you say no to me? I say no to you. I wouldn't titty bang any of you in a snowstorm. <laughs> the girl's like, oh, come on, please. And they're mocking him. The bouncer tells him to leave. As he's walking out, he sees a girl with, with an American flag on her ass. He says, Betsy Ross, you need a pole for that flag? Her very large boyfriend stands up and is like at least 6'9 or something like oh, that. I mean, do you know who this is? Who is it? So there's a picture of, of Nikola Pekovic who is 6'10, 6'11, 290 pounds. And he looks tiny compared to this guy. This is Igor Vavkovinsky, who's a Ukrainian living in the States. He is the tallest human living in America. He's seven, eight and a third inches. Wow. And he is... I've seen him in person, impossibly tall, like impossibly yeah. large, like because he, he's he's got to be four hundred pounds too. Oh, and easily more than that. Yeah, way more than that. Day four chimes. It's just the sleep apnea mask in the in the hotel room. Day five chimes. The wives are playing beach volleyball at the Cape. They're gallivanting around with these men who aren't their husbands. They're drinking beers. This is shameful. The Cape life has been good to the wives. Yeah, man, they Cape look life. fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Jenna Fisher is tan as hell in this movie. They both got so much tan yeah. and better looking. It was definitely on purpose because, like, in that opening scene, they're making her look ultimate mom worn down. Yeah. Now we're back at the coffee shop. Rick is there, and the male barista is oh. there to wait on him. Oh, my God. There's a lot of deleted scenes. Holy shit. Really? Fred goes to Rick's office. Rick says, man, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to. <laughs> they still have this delusion. Like, I don't want a gal walking away with a bad ticker when she realizes I'm a one-day carnival ride. He goes on like a, a like internet dating site and he's got his high school football picture there. Fred's like, look, we, we got to stop. We got to play to our strengths. Like none of this is working. This is, let, let's talk about our strengths. Okay. Complete strangers do not like us. And after every line, 
Rick's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but you know who does? People who know us just a little bit, like in a casual, servicey way. They dig us. That's where we need to like we need to go. And so I think I got an idea. Next scene is he shows up at the divorcee's house. Maria Frankenopoulos, I think is her name. He shows up and he says, hi, how's it going? I brought this for you. And it's a plastic bag. She looks in and he's like, grape leaves? It's like, yeah. And, and gyros or heroes or however you want to call it. She's completely confused. And he says, you know, because you're Greek. <laughs> Frankenopoulos is Greek, right? It's a, she says, Frankenopoulos was my ex-husband's last name. I'm not Greek. It's like, oh, okay. Well, uh, the reason I'm here is because, like, his wife gave him a hall pass, and so here I am. And she says, oh, my God, is that why you're here? And he says, hey, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not asking if you're not telling or whatever. And she says, you come over here out of the blue with a bag of garbage. <laughs> to which Sudeikis says, you're welcome. <laughs> and you expect me to fuck you? Basically, it doesn't work out. She kicks him out. And then the next scene is Rick at the coffee shop. Oh, okay. Well, you that was missing out. Man, that would have been great. That makes sense because I was wondering why the divorcee didn't come back. And funnily enough, guys, that woman who played the divorcee was in Spies Like Us as the woman that Dan Aykroyd sleeps with at the oh, end of the movie. Oh, yeah. nice. She really aged well. Oh, I mean, this movie's a real buffet of ass. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> you really the talent here? All right, now we're back at the coffee shop. Rick's there. Brent, the male barista, played by Derek Waters, is there to wait on him. He's stalling until the uh, Aussie girl becomes available. Says his order is complicated, so it's streamlined when she does it. She then steps up to take his order. Iced coffee, two Splendas. And he compliments the music that's playing, and she says that she picked it. She says it's Snow Patrol, to which he he thought it was the soundtrack to Snow Dogs. (laughs) Future Cinephobe. You're thinking of Snow Dogs, the kitty flick. <laughs> Brett mocks him for the mistake. He then claims it was a joke, and that's when Rick takes him down a peg. When his shitty indie film doesn't do well, it's guys like Rick who hire. It says that this, this little bar is not going to protect you. The hot girl, impressed by that reality check from Rick. Yeah. Yeah, she's into that. Alpha males take a charge. She does. Rick sits outside looking at a gym flyer. The hot girl works out there, she says. She asks if he went to Harvard because he's wearing a Harvard shirt. He says he went to a party there once and then says the shirt is from Harvard Healthcare when he got a physical for his life insurance policy. And he gets into so much detail. And again, I've done that before where I'm talking about something that old people do. <laughs> and, you, and you look and you realize, oh, shit, these motherfuckers neither have an idea nor care about what you're talking about. You're like, ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> She says uh, she grabs a beer at the bar at the gym after her workout. Say that she sent him so she gets two free months. Which is a great deal for a gym. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now we go to Fred. He's at a massage parlor trying to go in incognito. But before he uh, walks into there, he gets freaked out by the women walking by. So he walks into the cleaners instead because he didn't want to be seen at the massage parlor. He runs into Tammy, Ed's wife there. The person running it says that he doesn't have any clothes there. He says, I just came in to, to compliment, to do, say you're doing a great job. Perfect amount of starch. Kisses his lips, his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> With the French. The, it the is a chef's chef. Yeah. yeah. Then he says he's going to get out of there, and he kisses Tammy's daughter on the top of the head. <laughs> he says goodbye. She says, don't do that. And then he starts, like, acting like he's, like, picking hair out of his mouth. Now he walks into the massage parlor. There's a kid there. 
<laughs> he's got to fill out a form, but uh, he doesn't want a paper trail. And the kid starts like messing with him and pulling on his pants and stuff. So he whispers to the counter girl what he wants. She pulls back a partition between the dry cleaner and the this was so by good. The way, by the way, what he wants is a rub and tug and finishing with a tea bag. Yeah. Saying that she wants the rub and tug. Tammy and the women are all there to see him. He says that it was a misunderstanding. It was a lost in translation. He says he wanted the tea bags that you warm up in the water. <laughs> Rub, no tug. So the tea bags you put in the. You know what? I shouldn't have to explain massage to you. Yeah. How do I know more about massage than you yeah. guys know? That doesn't make any sense. Then he leaves quickly and steps on the kid. <laughs> Great sound effect. Now we're back to the Cape. Wives are getting very friendly. Now we're back to Providence. Rick's been waiting outside the gym in his car to see when the hot girl will go in. He spots her walking. He gets out and says, Hey, he gets signed up, jumps into the hot tub with a newspaper, and falls asleep for like almost two hours. <laughs> can't feel his legs. He can't get out of the hot tub. And that's when two naked guys run out of the sauna to help him out. They pull him out of the water. Before they get there, the zoom in on his face and the look of horror on his yeah. face is fucking – that's amazing filmmaking. <laughs> And so uh, the black guy helping him has a huge dick by his head. And the redhead guy who he calls Irish has a tiny dick. He says he wants him to switch. Day six chimes. Now we're back at the Cape. Grace has a gift from the baseball player and an invitation to hang out after the final game of the season. The guys are in the hotel. They're talking about how Fred misses the arch. No, I mean, what's the arch? The arch? Oh, the arch is when like you're trying to take a girl's underwear off and then she arches her, and you're not, you're not really sure if this is going to happen or not. She arches her back upward to help you, uh, basically, the removal of underwear, thus signifying the last level of consent. Like, this is really happening. And I got to tell you, man, it is like there is there is something about like, oh, my God, this is really going to happen. Like, I, I don't know about you, but every time I mess, it is. No, there's That's always this sense of like, holy shit, this works. Yeah, exactly. No matter how many times you've done it. Even Every honestly time. with the significant other. Yes. There's still times I'm like, really? That's, the, that's what did it? It always, every single time, I'm telling you, it always feels like a heist movie. <laughs> and like we just realized we got on the plane and we took off and now we're out of U.S. airspace. Oh, my God, we did it. We're headed to Brazil. <laughs> Brett says that they, they let down the male species and should quit. Rick says no. He wants the hall pass. He wants to remember what it feels like to be with someone who wants to be with them out of pure desire, not a sense of feeling the need to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, then he says all this arch talk has me craving some Mickey D. <laughs> Fred gets a call. Coakley's back in town and he wants to hang and bang. Push the defrost button on the microwave, boys. The deep freeze is over. <laughs> Another club Co called Enter the Dragon. Coakley, who we have not seen at all in this movie up until Yeah, we've only heard point. legends about. Turns out he is the guy who plays the father from Step Brothers. Yeah, Richard Jenkins. Academy Award winner for The Shape of Water. Coakley's going to help him out. He's trying to help them figure out which girls to hey. talk to, and he's schooling them on they who to target. They walk in the club and he says, all right, guys, let's get to work. Half an hour from now, you'll be old news. <laughs> There's a girl, the workaholic girl. He says she's out notices the carpal tunnel syndrome on her hands and says even if she stays you don't want her hand job for her you'll need the jaws of life to get you out of it his detail recognition and analysis of women are sherlock level it's terminator like maze is right people watch like the sherlock holmes with benedict cumberbatch no the one with robert downey jr where everything he like looks at is like almost like a, an inner monologue of nails bitten down no doubt from being tense like there's a whole like analysis that happens yeah. so there's one 
where he's like, oh, how about that one? She's hot. He's like, oh, you mean the one surrounded by the stupid fish? Like, what? It's like, <laughs> when an eight surrounds herself with ugly women and so that she can appear to be a 10. It's like, what are you talking about? She's a 10. She's better than like, he exasperatedly frames the, the group of four women with his hands and then closes the frame in to isolate just the woman in question. And through amazing special effects, by the way, I might say, which does not really jive with the terrible photoshops that we see in this movie. <laughs> but as he closes his hands, the woman becomes considerably less attractive. Way lower than an eight. Then pulls out, then she's a 10. And then pulls in, she's an eight again. To which Sudeikis says, my God, you're like a beautiful mind. <laughs> now we cut to the bar. Rick's at the bar. Paige, the babysitter's at the club. She turned 21 today. She's legal now. Uh, she's out with her 45-year-old Aunt Meg. Paige knows about the hall pass, thinks it's good he's at the hotel, then apologizes and says she was coming on to him last week. And guys, yeah. it turns her down. Baby. He, he walks away not before ordering three shots for him and Coakley and, and Fred. Bartender comes back to $57. <laughs> he says, what? Are you kidding me? That's kind of stiff. How do these kids afford it? <laughs> the bartender, by the way, is Bo Burnham, the stand-up who directed Eighth Grade. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, that is Bo Burnham. Oh, wow. Deep cast. Now the one girl's checking Fred out and Coakley calls it out. The one who looks like Chief from Cuckoo's <laughs> Nest. <laughs> Not her, the one next to her. She's a former smoker. He can tell because she keeps checking out the smokers as they head out at the club. Her, her lips, lips are shaking. Are shaking. Yeah. Her fingernails are bitten down. She's got a bag that's way too big for the club, indicating that she's smuggled in a $5 footlong from somewhere. <laughs> she's tense. She's hungry. And it all adds up to what? She wants something in her mouth. <laughs> that woman needs something in her mouth. That's my boy. <laughs> now Rick's walking around the club. He asks a girl, how late is this bitch staying open tonight? <laughs> Then he spots Lee, the hot girl from the coffee shop. He starts pretending to play like the air cello or something. I couldn't figure out what he was doing. <laughs> Upright bass? Yeah, that's yes. what it was. To Walking on a Dream by Empire yeah, of the right. Sun. <laughs> and he goes over. They start dancing and talking. She's never been there before. She's there because the male barista, Brent, is DJing. He asks if that's her boyfriend. She says, no. We messed around a little once. He says, and by a little you mean, she says, anal. And he says, Okay. It's a really high pitch. Like he's trying to be cool about it, but it's completely fucking wrong. She says, no, they, she's joking. They kissed once. It was a big mistake. She asks about his ring and he asks if she's heard of a, of a hall pass. Fred is stuck between the two girls talking about a UFO experience. <laughs> she says, if one came down, would you ever walk into one of those things? He says, right now I would. <laughs> Rick is sweating profusely as they dance to some kind of heavy metal. He's checking his pulse. So inside the club, there's a guy who's got one of those big Britney Spears albino pythons. And you know how those people are. They're like, oh, everyone's like, oh, wow, da, da, da. And so the guy looks at, at Rick and says, hey, you want to you wanna try it? You want to hold it? And he's like, no, I shouldn't. And then like, Lee's like, go ahead, go ahead. And then he puts it on and it's like the snake is kind of there and it's slicking its tongue. And it's like, and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And cut to, he's on the ground and the snake is choking the fuck out of him. <laughs> And then they cut back to Fred coming back to Coke. And Coke was like, are you going to seal the deal? Fred's like, I don't know. I mean, we have nothing in common. I can't even talk to her. And Coke says, talk to her? You want a pen pal or a poon pal? <laughs> and he knows she's wearing a thong because he did a crawl by. <laughs> yeah, he did a crawl by. Fred decides he's in. He's taking her back to the hotel. Coakley <laughs> says, tells Rick he's taking the party to his place. Bring a girl or don't come. Now Grace shows up at the baseball player's motel room or whatever it is. 
They talk for a bit about her being comfortable, and then she jumps on him. Back at the hotel, Fred's with the girl, and she's having stomach issues from the drinks and the nicotine patch because she just stopped smoking. And as she sits on the edge of the bathtub, and she feels like she's going to puke, so he brings her a, a bucket. And then she sneezes while sitting on the edge of the bathtub and sprays shit all over the wall. I feel so much better now. When she sharks, and he like kind of looks down at his arm. <laughs> There was some spray back, I guess. Oh, my God. He then puts her in a cab, gives him money, and says, take her wherever. (laughs) Now he sits on the bed, and he's looking sad, and Aunt Meg shows up, thinking that he's Rick. Now we cut to Coakley's place, and Rick and Lee are uh, talking about bucket list items of things they want to do before she gets married. He slips in sleep with a married guy. She says she doesn't want to be a homewrecker. He says he has the one-time pass. and Now she wants to go somewhere more quiet, except... Brent the barista shows up. He's pissed that she left early. You knew how important tonight was. My whole family was there, and they never come to anything. And as he's yelling this, I got to assume this was ad-lib. Because there's an extra watching him scream, and he turns and looks like, the fuck you looking at? <laughs> he turns around, because she is so clearly startled and embarrassed. Yeah. As if someone had actually yelled at. He wants to speak to her alone, and he she goes off with him to calm him down. As he looks back, Rick mimes like some crying mockery, and then he flips him the bird. Now, Grace and the baseball player have just fucked, and apparently he came early. <laughs> she starts trying to kind of let him down easily, and he says, of course, they weren't going to date or anything because she's so much older. Imagine the looks they'd get. It would be like Hugh Hefner and his girlfriends. He, he laughs. You'd be half. And the look on her face as he's made this agreement and then over-realization about the age disparity, yeah. her look progressively through that scene is fucking hilarious. She's, she's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's so great. And she's pretending to be six years younger than she is, and he's still weirded out by it. Right, exactly. So he's trying to kind of sneak off, get out of there and go meet, and she says it's fine. He says... You're awesome at sex, and then puts up his hand for a high five. And high five. <laughs> now Maggie and the older guy are discussing why Rick might not be there this week because she found out that he hadn't been there all week. We cut to Grace driving, and she's sobbing, and she looks at her phone with an image of Fred. Now Fred and Meg are drinking in the hotel. He's still pretending that he's Rick. Meg's impressed that he turned down Paige twice. <laughs> he's like, I what? <laughs> and now they're going to fuck. Now we're back at Coakley's. Rick is looking at all these photos of Coakley doing stuff, and there's one with him, the, Rick, and the, Maggie at their wedding. I, again, the photoshops are awful. Yeah, so all bad. these pictures. Yeah. And Coakley says everybody had a good time at that wedding. I went balls deep in one of the bridesmaids. She big, old big, floppy, big old floppy, floppy tits. tits. <laughs> there, there's a callback there because he goes, big old floppy tits. And then he starts indicating that her, her vagina is gaping because he starts drawing. He starts doing the echo thing, which is the same thing that Sudeikis did. When yeah. they're doing the tour of the house, he yeah. says, What's, what was her name? Jenny. My sister. My sister. <laughs> ah, yeah, she's a good girl. Yeah, nice How's she girl. doing? Really, really sweet. How's she doing? Still married. Great. Still married. <laughs> He's like, oh, great. Glad it worked out. Seemed like they were having problems. <laughs> Lee finds Rick in a bedroom. She sent the barista home. He's talking about his allergies, and she just takes her dress down. Nikki Whalen's notoriously undraped breasts. There you go. She starts kissing him and kisses his chest, and he stops her. He's talking about his wife and uh, the kids and everything, and her dress is back up now, and he can't go through with it, guys. Come on, man. Have you ever not gone through with it? Not like that scenario. Only if a girl is, like, crazy drunk. 
No, no, I'm talking about like it's like for whatever reason. There's no way I'm getting out of that room. No, I can't. I don't. I mean, if I have, I don't remember it. The, I, the time for guilt is afterwards, eh, boys? <laughs> I mean, I'm not even balking at the babysitter. So Rick's resolve in this movie is yeah. strong. Hold up, you're not balking at the babysitter? Are you kidding me? No, man, come Alexana on, Alexana Daddario. We're not talking about her, the person. We're talking about someone who. Be- he sits your children. If the babysitter looks like that, I'm going to have a lot of problems. Yeah, well, he's at the bar and he's got a hall pass and she, yeah, no, that's a, you can cash that one Dude, in. Dude, she babysits your children. She's not a rando. Fire us! Fire, yeah! Jesus Christ. Go back These to sorority. What? We're terrible? <laughs> We're both not fathers, Zach, but this is just a no-brainer to me. Come on. You got a hall pass. Also, what's, what's the biggest disparity in age of someone you've dated? Dated? Or, or even, not dated. Or like, I whatever. Dated. Um, not dated. Of some someone that you, yeah. Probably like 11 years. 12 years older. <laughs> 12 years old. Sure. You gotta throw Maybe. that in. Yeah, throw that out. Now, that's the Earth hardest ER well, you can throw into this podcast. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate you guys so much. 12 years old. I'm like, what? Leave it in, you fucking coward. Coward. <laughs> She says that he's going to regret this the rest of his life, but he's a good guy. He's going home, guys. He does some fake pictures with his mind uh, on the way out. Way too late, by the way. Yeah. Very sad one. But so he's driving Fred's van home. The cops call Fred, but Rick picks up because that's where the phone is. It's the state police. Now we go to Fred and Meg in the room, and he's fake chowing, guys. In action. Rick shows up at the hotel. Paige is there looking for Meg. She knows they're hooking up because the car's there. Paige is pissed, says just because his wife isn't faithful doesn't mean he has to screw her family. And he apparently didn't know about the baseball coach, guys. Yeah. Now Rick walks in on Fred and Meg, says he's Rick. She kicks Fred in the face. Rick and Fred are leaving now. The barista, Brent, who followed them there, is vandalizing (coughs) Fred's van. He wrote horny old man on the side of it, and he's bashing windows. See what happens, Larry? You see what happens? This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. This is what happens, Larry. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? This is what happens. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass? Apparently, Meg is the barista's mom, we find out. And he says, yeah. I didn't have sex with your mom. All I did was fake chower. <laughs> That's when Brent pulls out a gun, shoots a side mirror. He's shooting up the van and... <laughs> Fred says to Rick, do you have a shot count? (laughs) (laughs) Eventually runs out of bullets. The women tackle him and they drive away, but he jumps on the van with a crowbar. They think they shook him. That's when Rick tells Fred that Maggie's having an affair. Baseball coach and Maggie are now on the couch talking about their feelings. And then we cut back to the cops seeing the barista on the van as they drive by. They're trying to pull him over, but Fred says he can outrun him. It's when uh, Brent breaks the sunroof with the crowbar. He starts trying to choke him. They get out at the hospital. Cops tackle Fred as he tries to get to the hospital. He breaks free. Then they pin him against the wall inside the uh, waiting room. Grace only broke her nose. She's fine. That's when the cops then arrest the barista. And Fred is going to Grace. Rick shows up to the cape for Maggie. He sees the baseball coach's car. He sees wine. He sees wine glasses. And he hears his wife in another room saying, oh, my God. But it's Maggie on the phone talking about the car accident for Grace, guys. Rick tells Maggie the exact timing of when he lost his virginity. Two months before my birthday to the day. 
It was when they wow. were dating. She was his first. Crazy. She's amazed. And, and his last. last. I think she was more amazed about that. And that's why he was crying that night. Uh, she sent the coach home because uh, he was trying to get frisky. And they didn't do anything. But says that he wasn't her only. Day seven chimes. Fred and Grace show up. Fred apologizes to her. Okay, look. Look, whatever happened this week doesn't matter. Okay, because I love you and only you. And I am going to treat you like the queen that you are for the rest of your days. Okay? I, I, I'm, I'm going to quit fantasy football this year, even though I have the first pick. Okay? And, and we could do that master cleanse thing that you've always wanted to do with the cayenne pepper and all that shit. You will never have to shovel snow ever again. I'll do it. Okay? Tennis elbow be damned. I will do it. But please, I am begging you. Can we please just never, ever talk about what happened this week? Um, please. Deal. <laughs> really? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I love you, Grace. I love you, too, Fred. So, does this mean you will finally come with me to an evening with Kathy Griffin? <laughs> Last night, I fake chowed at DJ's mom. <laughs> Instantly. Roll credits. But then midway through, midway through the credits, we have Kathy Griffin at Fred's Barbecue. It costs $275 plus bus fare to get her there. Ripping off Miley Cyrus jokes. Gary's wife says maybe he should get a hall pass, and he starts fantasizing about an Asian woman. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice finally to meet a woman who's not obsessed with penis size. I appreciate that. Oh my god, oh my god. What if the cops question me? I'm weak. Excuse me. Have you seen my granddaughter? Dude, up here. That was fucking awesome. We saw the whole thing. This is racial profiling. I want to speak to a barrister. So what do you think? We'll give it a whirl, why not? One more scene in the late credits. It looks like Fred is jacking off in the car. The cops pull up, but it's actually Grace giving him a faux job where you just do a hand job, but you make the mouth noises. It's the same yeah, cops. Yeah, same cops. As they pull away. Sudeikis so says to his wife, they're nice, right? A little bit of trivia here. Flash forward scene with Stephen Merchant. Imagine he murders his wife and ends up in jail was thought up by Owen Wilson. There you go. Oh, nice. Amanda Bynes was originally cast as Paige, the babysitter. But she had to drop out due to oh, scheduling thank, conflicts. Thank God. In 2018, God. she confirmed that she left due to her drug dependency. Normally, I don't root for drug dependency. <laughs> oh, it saved us all. Maggie's father is played by Dwight Evans, Boston Red Sox right fielder. Fairly Brothers often include oh, Boston yeah. sports stars in their movies. Yeah, he, he looked like he couldn't act. I, I'm thinking <laughs> that. Hall pass isn't a commonly used expression outside of the U.S., so in many international markets, this was called free pass. Okay. And then Pete Jones, who's the guy that had not really written anything, uh, the Fairley Brothers paid six figures for that script, for the spec script. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's my dream, boys. Guys, we have a Tony Bedley. 
Oh, we do? Oh, shit. I thought we didn't have one. Oh, boy. We have one, guys. Also, yes. did you know that TonyMedley.com is also SweatyPalms.net? Wow. <laughs> if you go to SweatyPalms.net, it just takes you to TonyMedley.com, but it still calls it SweatyPalms.net. So he got both those. Tony Medley, Hall Pass. This thing had more than three strikes against it within the first five minutes. Written and directed by the Fairley Brothers, strike one. Owen Wilson's four-year-old son refers to his mother's fat ass, strike two. Joy Behar appears in the film, strike three. Wow. If your game, he's, if your <laughs> he's consistent, I mean, if your game allows more than three strikes, there's more. A man defecates in a golf sand trap, and we see him squatting with his rear end naked and the fecal matter beneath him. A husband masturbates in a car because his wife is asleep. Which is not accurate. Uh, Tony wasn't paying attention. The movie contains full frontal male nudity and exacerbates a racial stereotype so that might count as two more strikes taken together. Fairly's <laughs> cast a bunch of guys as lifelong buddies who have nothing in common but a SAG card. These guys would be misfits if paired with guys from a beer commercial. The idea is that just because two guys, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis, look at women, their wives are offended. Their old woman advisor, Behar, she's just as goofy in the movie as she is in real life, suggests they give their husbands a hall pass, which is as defined as a pass from the fidelities of marriage for a week and let them do whatever they want. If this film had just been tasteless, it might have been relatively unremarkable, but it didn't have to reach that dubious pinnacle. The Fairleys have long confused raunch with comedy. Raunch is not funny. It's boorish. It insults the audience who is forced to sit and endure it. I'm giving up on Owen Wilson. <laughs> Even though he goes from one bad movie to another, I keep hoping to wise up and utilize his talent in something of quality. Alas, I'm going to have to come to the realization that it's not to be. The guy just has terminally poor judgment. So long, Owen. I wish I could say it's been good to know you. This film had some potential as it ends up with a relatively good moral. In the hands of writers and directors with comedic talent and good taste, like Howard Hawks or Alan Dwan, it could have been entertaining and rewarding. Since it's stuck with the Fairleys, it's neither. One out of ten. Wow. It should be noted that his formatting for this review is strange. It's crazy. Normally yeah. he's a paragraph. Yeah, and guy. it's riddled with typos. It's like a bullet point. He didn't go all in for this. No, one. he didn't try. I wonder how Tony Medley would feel knowing that his review is very shares a lot of same beats as the New Yorker. Oh Does that anger him. Oh yeah, he'd probably hate that. That liberal rag. Yeah. Golden dumpster time. This is a Deep, deep field. I'm still not sure where I'm going. Man, this is tough. Now, these are good or bad? I think these are all good. And this one, it's got to be good, right? All right, what do you got, Mace? Richard Jenkins is Coakley. J.B. Smoove is Flats. Derek Waters is Brent. Jason Sudeikis is Fred. Christina Applegate is Grace or Stephen Merchant. Uh, this was easy for me. Everyone did an amazing job. I thought they were all funny, but Stephen Merchant, every time he spoke, like his efficiency was out out of this world. He shot out a thousand every time. Every word he said was funny. I'm going off the board. It's one line. I don't think I could last seven minutes. <laughs> oh, that was a great line. That's a great line. That was a great line. So was so was by the way, coggobblers.com. I get my weather from that site. <laughs> I'm tempted to give it to richard jenkins but i'll go with the mean i'll give it to steven merchant he's fantastic yeah he's oh, uh, yeah his per in this movie is through the roof for that last montage i think that that cinches it, that puts it yeah over. oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's over the top and the gag that they showed at the end too where when they were filming it one of the dead bodies jumped uh, up at him and he and it, and it scared he him he goes, off. And he, yeah, he walks <laughs> up and goes, good luck good luck finishing your movie guys 
<laughs> Amin, Fober file. Oh, file that bitch. Maze? It's a file. It's an easy file. We'll sweep that one. That is, This is a movie I will watch every time it's on. Yeah. It's fantastic. I actually stopped myself from watching it the other day because I knew I was going to nominate it. Oh, there for, you go. For a cinephobe. Thanks for subscribing to Cinephobe. If you haven't, subscribe. Don't be a jerk. Uh, leave us a review. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. Hit the Patreon. Patreon.com slash count the dings. It feels weird asking this, but if you see the, the post of it on Twitter, I don't care if you have two followers. Like Amin said, I don't care if you have two followers. I don't care if you have a thousand followers. I don't care if you have a hundred thousand followers. Please retweet it. Don't just like it. Retweet it. Get that out there. Get those numbers up. Mace is right. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.